Hello, I'm Asha Bay from ECA. Stay tuned after this episode for a special announcement on a new podcast series coming soon. Welcome to our final episode of 2233. For this special goodbye episode, we shifted focus to interview the host and former director of the collaboratory, Christopher Wurst. This past summer, we got to learn more about Chris as a foreign service officer and his time in ECA. So for one last time, take it away, Chris. I grew up in a northern suburb of the Twin Cities that was just sort of north enough that it wasn't cool anymore. I was like the center of the not cool northern suburbs. And I credit that for my love of travel because I wanted to get away so bad because everything was the same. In a very abstract way, I would say that learning more about other countries and learning more about other people, we learn that we have more in common than we have differences. And so the more we know about other people, the more peaceful we can be, the more we can learn, the more we can progress. The goal of a public diplomacy officer is to strengthen mutual understanding in the country that you are in. It's to make sure that American foreign policy is understood and communicated clearly across that country. And it is to create programs that create opportunities so that your colleagues can go forward with their work. So a lot of mutual understanding or goodwill kinds of programs open doors for ambassadors to have deeper relationships with their counterparts or with important people in those countries. And so it's finding unique ways in every country to create goodwill, and that goodwill helps to push American foreign policy. A foreign service officer works for the State Department, and we have embassies or consulates in almost every country around the world. I came into the Foreign Service so green. I had never been in a U.S. Embassy in my life until I showed up for work at my first U.S. Embassy. Um, I had no, I, I was so intimidated by all of these people because I didn't know, I, I, you know, I knew what they did was important, but I didn't quite have the whole picture. I was coming at it from more of a cultural affairs side of things. Then I went to Chennai, India. What did they call it? It was like a close and lock consulate. So we didn't have 24-hour Marines. At the end of the day, the last person out of the building locked up. And so there was always a duty officer who had the phone over the weekend. And I was the duty officer um, when the tsunami happened. And the guards called and they said, sir, there's been a little bit of water inland, but, um, but everything's okay. And then the, the op center called me. And they said, like, this is Washington, D.C. This is the op center. Can you tell me what's going on? And I said, there's been a little water inland, but everything's okay. <laughs> and they're like, turn on CNN. And so it was um, the rest of my work from that time on was really colored by that tragedy. And then that was the same year that there was a devastating earthquake in Kashmir. And a lot of villages up on top of the mountains were really, really rocked. And people were, many people were killed. And they had no way of getting supplies to them. And the U.S. military and State Department and USAID really, that was the kind of the first time that they coordinated to really help save people's lives. If it wasn't for public diplomacy, I never would have stayed in the, in the Foreign Service because I'm through and through um, an education and culture person, which is why ECA is such a, a good fit for me because I feel so strongly about those things. Um, 
The collaboratory is a place where open-minded, collegial, friendly, curious people come together. And as the director of the collaboratory for three years, I am most proud of those qualities and those attributes having stayed the same, that we are curious, that we are helpful, that we are kind, that we are looking to do things that people haven't tried before, which is not always easy. And we're doing it in a space that's difficult because it is a big bureaucracy. I waited until I had an episode that I knew was just a winning proposition. By the time we had something, I thought this is one that I, I just couldn't imagine anybody saying like, no, this we're not doing this. And it was the three Saudi Arabian soccer player slash coaches that came through. And I felt really strongly about the way I put it together. I thought the music was really emotive in that one. And we ended up having a really candid conversation. We laughed and there was tears and it was, it turned out great. And we never looked back. There is such an embarrassment of riches in ECA when it comes to powerful and unique stories that we have only scratched the surface and that there are new and different ways that I don't even know to find those stories and to present those stories. And I think that you have so many opportunities that you will only be limited by your own limitations. So the sky's the limit. I think my proudest moment of all of this is just the ability to consistently get people to trust me and to give me their stories. That's the most meaningful thing. And that's the thing where you go home at night and you're like, this is why I do what I do. And this is why these programs matter. And these programs actually change people's lives and they make the world a better place. And if you can say that, like you're, that's good. I think some of the most challenging interviews were where people were talking about really difficult things and I had to guide them through those difficult things where I needed to have them tell those hard stories, but it was really, uh, there was pain there. Like knowing what I know now, I wish I could interview them again. Wow, I mean, we have talked to so many amazing people and they, especially, you know, I think of the people from other countries that we've talked to because they've gone back to their countries and the young people who are working in civil society and really making a difference. And then there are people that I will just cheer for, cheer for from afar, like Bernadette Sell in, in Hungary, who's just like giving them hell every day in Hungary and just, you know, also putting herself in harm's way. Or Sophia Huang, you know, who's in China fighting for women's rights and, and fighting against. And, and uh, Claire from Cameroon, who, you know, who is fighting the, these fights about human rights that are really really important but put themselves in danger sometimes and I'll so I'll always be rooting for those people. We talked to the Chief Justice of the Ethiopian Supreme Court, the first female Chief Justice, and then we talked to high school kids. They're all inspiring. You just have to find that inspiration in those stories. But a lot of the young people that I talked to were really inspiring for me as well. I always said that the more people worked with us, the more people wanted to work with us. And I think that's the trajectory that we're on, that people like working with us. And that is proved, I think, because so many people do reach out to us and so many people want to work with us. So I am optimistic in general when I see 
these acts of creativity and kindness in the world. And so I think we're living through a really difficult time right now. Obviously, you know, we've got a global pandemic and we've got riots in the streets of the United States. And it's a massive disruption. But I believe that in disruption, you can find improvements and you can find ways forward that you haven't gone before. And I would like to believe that in this time of disruption, we can find energy and creative ways to go forward and improve what needs to be improved. But that's not to say that we, we can't be alarmed and troubled by the difficulties of the challenges that we face. And so I actually take it as an outgoing public affairs officer um, to Dublin as a challenge, but also an opportunity to, to take our own weaknesses and take our own flaws and find common ground and mutual understanding to go forward using that as energy. I think as a public affairs officer, I've always believed that you need to be honest about the United States, uh, warts and all, as Edward Murrow says. You have to be honest about the bad things as you're talking about the good things. When I see people out in the streets in Minneapolis, my hometown, um, doing great things, um, creating art, creating community awareness, um, building things, rebuilding things, fixing things, coming together, it's really inspiring to me. And as a former public school teacher uh, who watches, monitors my, my former Minneapolis students on Facebook, um, nothing makes me more proud than to see these folks out in the streets doing what they can to be positive and to make the world a better place. We want to thank Christopher Wurst for everything that he did for 2233 and the Collaboratory. We wish him nothing but the best moving forward. And if you didn't get the chance to listen to all of our episodes, go back and check them out. That's a wrap for 2233. Thank you for listening. We have really appreciated it. People, places, and international exchange. Voices of Exchange delivers unforgettable first-person stories from people transformed by international exchange. These exchange alumni share stories of growth, unexpected friendship, and career inspiration from all around the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Office of Alumni Affairs at the United States Department of State. More specifically, the Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, also known as ECA for short. ECA is the home of people who bring you hundreds of exchange programs around the world. And yes, this podcast. Voices of Exchange carries on the spirit of the 2233 podcast that was also produced by ECA. Tune in March 31st, 2021 for the worldwide debut of Voices of Exchange. For the latest, Follow us on Instagram at Voices of Exchange or visit our website at alumni.state.gov. New episodes of Voices of Exchange will be released every two weeks on all major podcast platforms. <laughs>